Hi, Diamonds. Welcome to the United State of Women, a forum where professional women come together to thrive by living more connected to our power, our purpose, and our plan. We invite you to tune in every other week where we show you that you can have it all and teach you how to get it by becoming the star of your own life and not just a supporting role in your life, career, and relationships. Here with Julie Dean, my USW podcast ambassador and co-host, I am Kalina James, owner of LCR, a business consulting and leadership development coaching company. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, Diamonds, it's your girl, Kalina James. And in this week's episode, I want to continue the conversation around servant leadership. Yeah, it's that topic. It's that craze. It's grow. It's growing momentum. And I want to continue to go down this journey because I have some questions. You know, people are like kind of tossed between, you know, leading an organization and feeling like you're a slave to your people. Right. So in this week's episode, I want to discuss how to retain people, employees, your tribe through servant leadership. So get a notebook and a pen because the show starts now. This is United State of Women. Good morning, Diamonds. What's up? So, hey, while Julie is out recovering and, and nursing and, and having a great time with her little bambino, her little new baby, Miss Sana Long, I'm just taking the initiative to really sit in front of the mic and drop some gems for you. And so this week, I want to continue the conversation around servant leadership. And, you know, I'm talking about this. I'm getting some questions and some feedback. And people are like, you know, it just feels like we're a slave, like we're serving them and that they can have whatever they want. And we just got to sit back and take it. Right. Because there is this duality of like, I need to be in control, but I don't know how to really create momentum without feeling like I'm losing something. So, no, let me say it now. No, servant leaders aren't slaves to their employees, their tribe, their community or even a pushover. They just aren't authoritarians who boss people around. Let's just let that settle, let that marinate for a little bit. So let's talk about servant leadership some more. So the term servant leadership, it was coined 50 years ago. It is not new, but it is gaining traction. It was an essay that was written by a guy named Robert Greenleaf. And since then, the business world is slowly turning the corner to embrace some of the concepts of the empathy in, in the leadership mix. And so, you know, over the past few years, we've seen these top-notch companies, if you've been paying attention to them, like Whole Foods, which I absolutely love, and now Zeppos in the container store, you know, have jumped onto the bandwagon. But they are proclaiming their affinity uh, for the philosophy of servant leadership. And just as late as 2016, your Starbucks joined the ranks when it called its new brand or its brand new, um, at the time, CEO. CEO, a true servant leader. So, you know, there is an embodiment of characteristics that I want to explore so that you're able to see them a little bit closer. So let's get into it. Servant leadership certainly seems to be growing. I get it. But it also continues to be quite misunderstanding. All right. So question. What exactly is servant leadership? I explained it in the last episode, but if you're just tuning in today, let me just break it down for you. Some people see the word servant and mistake it or mistakenly assume that servant leaders are slaves 
to their employees, pushovers who say yes to everything and are willing to sacrifice the company's well-being to give employees what they want. <laughs> right. We heard that. We're afraid of that. We're intimidated by that. But in reality, through servant leaders are very much in charge of their companies, their businesses, right, their community initiatives, their, you know, ability to bridge with people who don't work for them, but they want to collaborate. They're very much in charge of the vision. They just aren't authoritarians who boss everybody around. Let's just drop that. Instead, they're great listeners who are humble and empathetic, but still successfully balance organizational growth or business growth with these feel-good attributes. Yes, I said it, with feel-good attributes underneath it. So there is a, a partnership with the two of being in charge, but also being empathetic and a great listener to be able to put some feel-good attributes to help drive momentum. So in short, the servant approach to leadership creates the type of atmosphere that promotes both the personal and professional advancement of the vision, of the person, of the work process, of the community initiative. Employees know they can speak freely because that's what's really interesting here. Some people aren't comfortable. Some people don't feel safe. But employees know they can speak freely and what? Be heard. All while being, you know, mentored by a strong, trustworthy business leader. Ah, the beautiful dance between being the message and the messenger, but also being someone who is creating a ladder for someone else to climb, but also partnering with people um, alongside of you to get things done and drive the collective group together in one location to where you really want to create impact. So, you know, it's, it's not a surprise, right, that servant leadership results require high engagement. It's not surprise that it does create high engagement and it does, you know, create a low turnover and even an increased return on, you know, the investment of the time. You know, servant leadership, it, it builds a positive reputation around your brand, around who you are, your name, your model, and it attracts top talent. It, it, it starts to gravitate towards people who are looking for you know, leadership that is really doing something, going somewhere. And so, you know, in 2015, I think there was this survey that was created at Center. I think it's what it's called, A-C-C-E-N-T-U-R-E. It was a survey. It said 60% of graduating college students who participated said that they were willing to accept, listen up, a lower salary if that meant the chance to work, right? in a terrific environment. What's up with that? People are willing to take less in order to work someplace cool. Yeah, they spend 40 hours of their life. They want to work for something much more meaningful than a dollar. That's the change of the culture that's happening today. If you're noticing it, people, it's hard to find good work or it's hard for people to say yes to you because, you know, they don't want to work long hours and just be um, berated and forced to do things that don't take them into consideration. This is why we see like people, companies like Starbucks and the Container Store and Whole Foods going out of their way, out of their way to tell the world they follow the philosophy of servant leadership. So if you've got a notebook and a pen, here are three techniques that you can begin using that will help you retain your employees, connect with your tribe, your group of volunteers. Number one, show your face. Show your face. Number two, facilitate. 
don't micromanage. And number three, serve everyone's strength and make it personal. Ah, simple as that. So let's talk about show your face, number one. So regardless of how busy you are, find time to be present with your employees, your people, outside of the company, uh, white meetings and performance reviews, right? So there's a Gallup study I wanna refer to that revealed that engaged leaders are 59% more likely to have engaged teams. Love, 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 fall in love with sitting on, you know, meetings and sessions with your teams and brainstorm with them. This is what Bill Gates did. He did this as a young leader, joining the Microsoft programmers as they conceptualized many of the products that, that have made the company who it is today, sitting there with them and brainstorming creative ideas. Yeah, and then number two is facilitate, don't micromanage. There's a fine line between being a facilitator and being a micromanager. And it's a line that can very easily be crossed. So just know that we know we may not always get it right the first time, but if we're always mindful of it, we're going to be very successful with this. Everyone knows that micromanaging is an unhealthy leadership style that ends up, you know, hurting employees and companies at the end of the day and your connections and your brand and the people who you want to draw attention to and, and, and align yourself with. But at the same time, leaders don't want their team members to feel that they you know, are stranded on this island without guidance either. So there is this balance of, you know, giving bite-sized truths and bite-sized information and then allowing them to, you know, navigate, right? You want to facilitate it, but you also want to give them creative space to have a voice to be able to drive. You hired them. They're part of your tribe. There should be some outer faith in their ability of what you've actually called them forth to be a part of. So tap into those resources and those giftings, whether it's your family. I mean, like whether it's, I, you know, you can take this mantra from a great CEO experience to a community advocate, a community event, or even in your own personal home with your dynamics and your family. Is that they're part of your life and trusting them and acknowledging what they have to offer allows them to tap into those things that they do wonderfully and that they like about themselves to be creative. And so, you know, when I find myself wanting to jump in and micromanage, you know, my team and people around me. I remind myself that mistakes are part of the journey and provide some really best opportunities for myself as a learning opportunity to grow because this is my mantra for 2021. I just don't want to get through something or go through something to get somewhere. I want to grow through it, right? I want to grow through it. I want to just go through it. And so finally, number three is serve everyone's strengths and make it personal. Your tendencies might be like mine to focus your servant leadership towards inexperienced or underperforming you know, employees. Your, our assumption then is that, eh, well, let's think about that. Our assumption is that people will benefit from our attention, right? They'll benefit the most, those, those individuals that are underperforming. However, as an entrepreneur and as a business coach, a good objective of a leadership or of leadership is to help those who are doing poorly to do well and to help those who are doing well to do even better. So in other words, servant leaders serve their entire staff, the entire tribe, the entire group, right? Even the top performers who seem to have it all figured out, feeling like they can be trusted and left on their own, right? Commit to providing tools 
and resources and guidance that better serves everyone's skill set because everyone can stand to improve. Everyone. So Diamonds, just taking another deeper look at servant leadership and why I truly believe that servant leadership is the mantra, the methodology in which we're gravitating to and how come that is a better leadership style. And so here is our those tips, right? Again, how to retain, you know, employees your tribe through a servant leadership mindset. And again, remember, step one is to show your face. Step two, facilitate, don't micromanage. And then three, serve everyone's strength and make it personal to them. All right, Diamonds. So again, I hope this episode was of value to you. Please share it. Share it with someone that you believe this could be able to bring some source of connection to. And I hope that you're thriving this week. And with that being said, shine bright. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it. Share it with people you care about. People you think this will benefit. Share with your team or colleague who is having a difficult time and is looking for solutions. We all want to help people live empowered, to know what to do when faced with uncertainty. And I believe that these ideas can help others have that success. So please share it. But also follow us on our hashtag community power purpose plan and tell us what you think and how this episode has helped you. Diamonds, you have a choice to live connected to progress and growth. You deserve it. And it is yours to have. Live life, my friend, and be encouraged to step into your power purpose plan today. Until next time, take care.